Rodgers has it. Gives to Franklin. He no, dies. No, I don't think no, he got it. I no, don't think he got out, it. The ball is out. The Bengals have scooped it up. Bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10-yard line. Higgins straight into the end zone. Touchdown, Bengals. It's a TD. Hello and welcome to episode 145 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. We're back here, rain or shine. It's still shining, I think, even after... Well, I think it's one of the craziest games I've ever seen. I genuinely can't remember uh, some of those shenanigans happening in all my 90 years of watching the NFL. Um, we lose. 25-22. To the Green Bay Packers. Uh, we are 3-2. and two. But you know what? I, I think the general mood is that... Um, you know, not too much disappointment. Disappointment, but not like stabbing, urgent, incisive disappointment like we faced in the in the game that shall not be named in 2015. Um, what do you think, partner? Nathan Palmer? Nathan partner? Oh, let's get my breath back, son. What a game. Um, well, we had it, didn't we? It was there. It was a couple of inches either side of that post it just clips the inside of the post and slips through the net caught it all feel a bit different wasn't it cracking game though and the one thing you have to say is from an entertainment perspective it doesn't get much better than that does it and for the neutrals watching on sky and um for packers and bengals fans what a what a fantastic game yes absolutely let's get to news first right off the bat before we dive into that game Joe Burrow was I remember I was watching the press conference last night and you know when they the, the screen goes to uh, someone will be joining us shortly that kind of thing and you're waiting for someone else to join you shortly um, and I heard a, a voice in the background saying hey guys sorry but Joe Burrow won't be doing the press conference today because he uh, we've taken him to hospital to check up on a and I couldn't quite make it out something contusion uh, of course, it was a throat contusion. Of course, uh, I googled what contusion means because it's one of those words that you think, God, it's that sounds really a contusion, a contusion. That sounds some 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 sort of medical emergency to me. Um, but of course, it was a bruise. I'm not saying you know, I'm not saying that a bruised throat isn't really painful, but um, God, it must be. Can you imagine that? I've never heard of that before. A bruised throat. Yeah, I won't really. I can't say I've been punched in the throat before, to be honest. Well, you wait, mate. You wait till Sunday. I mean, hopefully, you know, <laughs> someone will will help you out with that. No, well, you, the, the closest thing I've, I've ever seen to a throat contusion. Now I think about it, is that incident with you and the policeman in Kentish Town? But <laughs> that's about as close as it can when you sort of fell on him on his. But I don't know. <laughs> Was that what I got a throat? contusion or he no got... you landed on him after you suplexed him that was about the closest thing i mean it was fairly close but yeah, yeah. obviously joe boy i don't even know when joe boy got his throat contusion i don't know if it was on that obviously that outrageous play where he got completely done over by those two geezers from mm. the packers in the first half or if it was later on in the game i know he took another couple of shots after that i mean he he he's a tough lad joe boy because he ain't half taken some shots this year you know yeah, what i mean i mean yeah. The offensive line's been better, for sure, certainly statistically. But, I mean, he has an half taken some shots, the young lad. What's the what's the weirdest injury that you've ever heard of? I don't know. You put me on the spot there, son. There you go. I like to do where that. You, where, are you, where are you leading with this? I'm not. I'm just, I, just, I just thought about it. A throat contusion. That's not a weird in, injury, obviously, because, as we know, the NFL is a, a really brutal physical game. So it does. It constantly astounds me that these guys that weigh, you know, kind of 16 stone of muscle, just tearing around a place 100 mile an hour and, like, careering into each other and smacking in against each other, just, you know... No wonder so many people get injured. Do you know what I mean? It's, it is a brutal, brutal sport. Um, but I was just thinking... It's the uh, cutting-edge takes on this podcast. Oh, yeah, there you go. Tune in for more. This is what they tune in for. Um, 
and uh, I was just thinking about a throat contusion. That is that's kind of quite a strange uh, injury in in NFL terms. Obviously, because we saw poor old Jordan Evans get uh, carted off yesterday. By all accounts, he's he's done his ACL in, so that's a shame for Jordan. Um, and Trey Waynes kind of pulled up short towards the end of the game what looked like a, a hamstring again. So I think we'll have to wait. You know, and, and Cheeto, Cheeto went out with a, a suspected concussion yesterday. And I think Ogan Joby left the game for some periods yesterday. God, it was all happening, wasn't it, yesterday? But yes, I, I thought what would be the weirdest injury that you had heard of? I don't know, to be honest with you, son. I'll have to, I'll have to come back to you. All right. The weirdest injury that I've ever heard of was a mate of mine called Edward. And Edward, I used to work with about 20 years ago. And he, he, he was like, even though we were kind of, God, in our 20s then, back then, um, he had the... Dem- yeah. In, uh, no, not quite. In the... In the uh, uh, he had the demeanor, even though he's in his 20s, he had, he had the demeanor of a 65-year-old. Do you know what I mean? He wore cardigans, glasses. He was very studious and kind of, do you know what I mean, moaning and being grumpy about everything. But he came in, uh, we used to go out drinking quite regularly, a uh, big group of work pals. And Friday night went to the pub and did the whole thing and, you know, rolled back in at some ungodly hour, quite quite uh, worse for wear. And then on Monday, we all came in and it was like, oh, how was your weekend? Yeah, fine, you know, blah, 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 yada, yada. And Edward said, well, I had an interesting Friday night. Apparently, he he got back and he was like completely hammered. And uh, you remember those, um, do you know those um, old bedside lamps? Well, not old, but kind of bedside lamps where the the, uh, bulb is is completely exposed. So it gets really hot. You know those ones, those cheap bedside lamps? That you get like three quid from Ikea or wherever, do you know what I mean? So mm. Edward, in his infinite wisdom, was thinking about his his genitals at that point. I don't know why, but um, he thought he needed to take a closer look because he'd seen something or whatever. So he edged closer to the light and, and he burnt his testicles on that Ooh. molten hot uh, light bulb inside the lamp and he... It was, I'm not going to go into details, but it, you can just imagine the state of his skin on the oh. area. And he had to go to hospital and explain what he'd done. Um, so that's that's the weirdest uh, and the funniest uh, and most excruciating. Or you'd, you'd get a lot of bang for your buck with that injury, I think. You'd rather a throat contusion than that, wouldn't you? I think so, yeah, I think so. Anyway, we digress, as we like to do. You know what it's time for now, uh, Nathan, don't you? I do indeed, my son. Yes, it's time for some reaccione. Reaccione, signore. Um, and uh, there's a lot to dig into. Um People are kind of saying they're proud of the Bengals, the way they played, the way they stepped up, the way they kept... Because we said last week, to beat the Packers, you really do have to go toe-to-toe with them. And we saw it last night. Once they... Certainly the offence clicks into gear, they're fairly unstoppable, aren't they? And Devontae... Just seeing Roger, a whole game of Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams was just something incredible last night, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. And you can see... Why Devonte Adams is regarded as one of the best players, uh, or the best wide receivers in the league, if not the best. He was phenomenal last night, torched us for over 200 yards, and we've been playing up the secondary. And I don't. The funny thing is, I don't even think the secondary played that badly. Cheeto had some fantastic plays. Well, Cheeto, Cheeto's. Uh, let me just stop you then, Nathan. Uh, Cheeto's stats yesterday: ten targets. Six catches, 88 yards, 29 yards after the catch, zero TDs and one interception. And I know that he was the highest graded um, Bengals defensive player from PFF yesterday. So it's weird. When you're, you know, covering a guy that goes for 200 yards, 
to get those kind of stats. I thought Chido played pretty well yesterday for the most part. And um, his tackling, his tackling was on point. It was a great interception and a closely contested catch. It's just it's hard work against Devontae Adams. There, I mean, there wasn't. I mean, the Packers had Valdez, uh, Valdez Scantling, I believe, was out injured, so they didn't have necessarily um, too many other weapons. That to- Tonyan, is it? The yeah, the tight end. Yeah. He wasn't really involved that much either. So they did a pretty good job of, um, you know, outside of Devontae Adams stopping anyone else. It was really just him and obviously the run game um, and the part, you know, sort of the, the AJ Dillon out of the backfield they used quite well. And obviously Aaron Jones had a big game. But um, that was weird yeah, with Aaron Jones. I thought, you know, they did pretty well against the run. And then I looked at the stats and it's like, how has Aaron Jones got over 100 yards here? You know what I mean? And, of course, it was that huge run in the second yeah. half, that 57-yard run, when Von Bell had exploded into the backfield and looked for all the world to have tackled him, but he missed it completely. <laughs> and Aaron Jones was kind of almost off to the races, you know. So, yeah, but just Rodgers and uh, uh, and Devontae Adams. And they kind of struggled early on in that first quarter. I thought the Bengals were terrific in the first quarter defensively. Yeah, the defence, it's funny really, isn't it? Because they obviously gave up quite a number of yards. This is like over 400 yards and everything else. But they they, they do look good. They got to Rod. Trey Hendrickson had a good game. Obviously, like you said, they had a fantastic first quarter. I think situationally at the end, that big missed tackle um, that you just referred to, Von Bell, that was a shame. Because if he managed to get him down in the backfield there, the Bengals had a bit of momentum after just scoring um, the touchdown and the two-point conversion. That might have been a... A, po- a potential time to get that ball back and drive down there for the field goal or the touchdown for the win. So it was a shame to sort of hand them back the momentum like that. But I, I thought they did okay. I wouldn't say they were great. Obviously, the Packers were missing a few offensive linemen and a couple of weapons as well. But I thought they did fairly well. It was obviously their biggest test of the season by quite a distance, mm-hmm. and it probably will be one of their biggest tests of the season, full stop. But I think hopefully Trey Waynes is not out for too long. Hopefully Cheeto... Um, the concussion can make it back fairly soon because they're integral parts of the defence. And I, I, I think with the Bengals, is, and, and with a lot of teams around the league, once you start stripping out those sort of top starters and getting into the depth, things can quite, quite uh, unravel quite quickly. So fingers crossed some of those injuries aren't, um, aren't too serious. And of course, you know, the Packers in that second quarter just really start to roll. And our, our offence, even though... They got the ball back from a, a around midfield from that Cheeto interception. Wasn't able to to take advantage, and then of course the Packers made some obviously made some adjustments. They're rolling, they're getting Rogers out of the pocket a little bit more, and uh, they were kind of hitting. Oh goodness I me! Mean, they were just completely hammering us, weren't they? Were just cutting us to pieces. I mean. It was some, quite something to watch, and you realise why, you know, all the talk about Devontae Adams and, you know, we know about Aaron Rodgers, obviously. But but what I was impressed with, I mean, when everything looked kind of lost, the pressure that we were getting in the first quarter was that suddenly non-existent. Uh, we were struggling to move the ball a little bit. Uh, we were behind the game going into halftime, and then suddenly... It was Joe Boy to chase. Uh, were you out of your seat when that happened? Oh, like I have been a few times this season, son. I was absolutely hollering when that um, he completed that beautiful play. Just snuck underneath that Packers defender's arm, didn't it? It looked like he... I didn't think Chase had enough separation. Uh, I thought the ball was slightly underthrown by Burrow. And, I thought, oh, and then all of a sudden, you just saw it slip underneath his arm, mm. straight into the hands of Chase. Great concentration by Jamar Chase to follow that all the way through. And then, like he has so many times this season, um, just energised the team. And to get a score like that, again, right before the half. I mean, last season, we complained so much about the Bengals right before the end of the half, giving up plays, losing the momentum going into the half. And it's been quite the opposite this season. They've been excellent, mainly down to Jamar Chase. It really have been sort of building those momentum shifts, the chunk plays. And I tell you what, I don't know where we'd be this season without those chunk plays from Jamar Chase because the offense is stuttering in other factors. And I know we'll come on to that in a minute, but you've got to take your, take your Bengals hat off to Jamar Chase for these um, and Joe Burrow for these huge chunk plays that he's been creating for us. Yeah, I mean, suddenly we were back in the game, weren't we? And, um, 
You know, the Packers scored 16 points in that second quarter. So they went in 16-14 instead of sort of 16-7, which it was kind of looking like, really. Um, it was a weird game, man. Really, really weird game. Any other sort of talking points you want to go over, Nathan? Just to sort of build on what I was saying, I still think this offense is stuttering. Yeah, and me too. Yeah. It's bad, and it's... I mean, we're 30th in the league on three and outs. Obviously, the chunk plays are great. You look at Burrow's stats, his yard, um, yards per pass are fantastic. He's in the eight yards range. And, you know, it's been very exciting at times, but it just felt a bit inconsistent, yeah, a few I think, errors. I think that's, what, uh, that's the word, is that when you watch Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, they're just so consistent, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? And... You're you're so right. That was the that was the thing that I took away from last night. We looked really inconsistent on offense. Sometimes we're tearing up and down the field, no problem. There's sometimes we just can't move the ball for toffee, can we? It's like I don't know. I I can't. You know, obviously Zach gets a lot of heat for his play calling and whatnot. But let's face it, last night we're toe to toe against you know a top three team in the NFL, would you say? Top five at least? Yeah, top five, definitely, yeah. I think I think top five. I think top three, maybe not. I think you'd certainly say the Bills at this rate, probably number one. Maybe yeah. Arizona, two. The Chiefs, even though they're not playing well, I think you'd... I'd, I'd probably rather face the Packers and the Chiefs. Um, but I don't know. It, I mean, the Packers, to be fair to them, were pretty banged up on defense. That's the other thing. I mean, you obviously, um, they were missing their all-pro cornerback, Alexander. So, you, again, you'd have liked to have taken a little bit more advantage of that. But it just it, there was just a couple of plays. There was that big drop by T. Higgins, where yeah. he was wide open and straightening out of the hands. Chase had a drop. Um, the second interception by Burrow. And, I mean, we'll get on to the sort of the theatrics of the fourth quarter and overtime in a moment. But... That that second interception was really really poor from. That Burrow. was the and first drive yeah. in overtime, wasn't it? We got yeah, the ball, exactly. and you kind of and thought, "Hello, the, here exactly, we go." Exactly, and you, you know you've obviously got that momentum from the missed field goal. You've been given a, I mean, you've been given more than one chance because Crosby had the missed, um, the missed extra point earlier in the game, the field goal. So you've really been given a bit of a, a lifeline there, and that was just. A, I mean, if that was Andy Dalton, that'd have been all over the internet. Do you know what I mean? It was mm. a throw to no one. It was just a little sort of lame duck that went 10 yards straight into the hands of um, the Packers' defence. And really, that should have been the game. You know, the Bengals, mm. God knows how they managed to get the ball back and um, still have another shot to win the game from there. So there was some... And the other interception that he threw earlier in the game, that was pretty ugly. He should have just probably thrown that one away rather than um, just sort of haul it down yeah, to all and take. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just... You know, with those two interceptions and obviously the couple of drops in there, the run game never really got going yesterday. Uh, I think P. Ryan did play fairly well. Certainly in the um, the passing game, he sort of stood up and made a few catches. Mix had that one fantastic touchdown run with mm. that beautiful cut. Um, but obviously, he wasn't at one hundred percent yesterday. But I still think we're struggling to find our identity there. A lot of people are going to point to the play calling, and there was a lot of chatter about that on Twitter, saying, you know, well, we need to be more aggressive. We need to go for it more on fourth down. We need to be more creative. And I think some of that is true. Um, what are you? What's your take on that, my son? Um, there is a specific question that was sent in by Michael Smith, actually, um, at Yadar Teaches Zumba. Might as well do that now. Um, and he asked, what is the identity of this offence? And I think, yeah. we, I think we did see it last night a little bit. You saw what they were doing, uh, both Green Bay and the Bengals. They looked kind of, sometimes they lined up kind of identically. You know, there was sort of three wide here, empty there, kind of this, kind of that, little tight end screens, little this, little that. Um, and, of course, you've got a game-breaker with Devontae Adams and we've got a game-breaker with now with, with uh, Jamar Chase. So I think they, they're they pretty similar. And it all comes from that McVeigh kind of Shanahan school, doesn't it, of, of you know, kind of these new-style offences. And... Um, I think it's fairly situational, really. There's no. I think I don't know whether the whole kind of identity thing is an out that you have to have an identity is an outmoded thing. You know what I mean? It's like, well, 
surely your offense should be able to to kind of it's almost like a total football thing like Ajax did you know like you you should be ready for any situation on the field you know not not just be a running team you know yep. uh, not just be a passing team surely you should have weapons that can and formations and concepts and and a scheme that kind of is suited to beat any defense at any given time um both in terms of a whole team but also in in game as well you know um but saying all that yeah i i can understand we're a bit of this bit of that we've got the weapons and i mean who would be a play caller because you know yeah the first 20 plays yesterday uh we threw it 17 times and ran it 3 now as you say that was mitigated somewhat by mixon's injury i think um but that's kind of what people were screaming for. Uh, and Zach Taylor did put us in a position um, two or three times to win that game. So, I, you know, yeah. uh, against a real quality team. So I don't know whether the calls to criticise Zach's play calling is just like an emotional reaction to a loss. Do you know what I mean? Or there's something more yeah. to it. Um and I have to say, I did scratch my head twice, especially on those. I mean, there, there were two key plays, weren't there, last night, I think. Um, so we're down to a minute and seven seconds in the fourth quarter. They're at the Cincinnati, they're at their own 45. And uh, third and two. And it's a short pass to, to Tyler Boyd for eight yards, first down. And then... Um, Inside Green Bay territory, they basically get down to the Green Bay 42 with 31 seconds left. It's third and five. So what, do you, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> what would you do, Nathan? This was the play where they sort of, it was a delayed handoff, wasn't it? And they ran it for like a draw play and they ran it for about, was it about three or three four? yards. So they yeah. end up at the Green Bay 39. Uh, fourth and two with 26 seconds to go. And, of course, unfortunately, Evan McPherson missed the 57-yarder. But people are really unhappy about the play call on that third and five. Do you... I, I get it because, do you, no, I do get it. I, it wasn't probably what I would have called. I, I understand Zach Taylor's um, idea there. He probably thought, look, the Packers are going to be thinking we're going to pass it. It's an easy pickup of at least three probably because they're going to probably – you know, play off a bit and you might get four, you might even sneak five, but it certainly at least gives us a shot from 57, probably the right end of the field for McPherson and he can make it. We know he can make those kicks. He's got the leg and I mean, he missed it by about three inches, you know, three inches Mm. inside the post and we're talking about being a four on one football team. So I can understand it. I can understand him having the confidence in the kicker. You know, you put it in Burrow's hands, it's incomplete. You got to kick it from 60 um that makes it slightly more difficult i'm not sure he would have necessarily fancied that and obviously then you, you're giving the ball back to green bay with what 10 yards to go themselves to yeah. um finish you off um so that's so what i, I mean I though it's, it's a difficult because my initial reaction is what are you what are you doing running yeah, it on yeah but of course it burns up the clock i think he said zach taylor in the news conference that he wanted yeah, to smart point. he wanted to he wanted to make the packers burn their final time out um yeah yeah. So, you know, we all know what Rogers is like. Uh, yeah. Give him 20 seconds, he'll be down the other end of the field, no problem. So well, yeah. It only took it one play, didn't it, even without the timeout. <laughs> yeah, I, know, right? you know I mean, it was just straight over Adams, 25 yards into field goal range, run up to the uh, the line of scrimmage, clock it, and they have three seconds left. So, I mean, it, it didn't make too much difference in the end, but I can see the logic behind it. That's um, what I mean. There, that's what I mean. There is logic behind these, these plays, you know, and... Um, for me, I probably would have gone straight back to Tyler Boyd again because he's lethal well, on third yeah. down. But we weren't good on third downs yesterday at all. That was a problem. No. So, again, you know, lot, it's, it's difficult, the argument, isn't it? Yeah, and the argument everyone out there, the loss, certainly a lot of people I've seen are making, are, look, put the ball in the hands of your playmaker and Joe Burrow. Like, let him <clears> yeah. win and lose you games. You know, put the ball in his hands. If he finds Tyler Boyd, like you're saying, for 10, 15 yards over the middle or... You know, God forbid he pings it down to Jamar Chase for a touchdown and yeah. we win it comfortably. That's, I think, where people want to say, look, if he doesn't get it on third and five, why not run, do it on fourth and five and then just 
you know, two opportunities there, get the first down, bring it inside 50 yards for McPherson. He probably has a higher percentage of kicking the field goal. But I don't know. It's so easy to second guess these um, to second guess these things. I think if McPherson nails that from 57 yards yesterday, and it's like we said, three, four inches inside the post, all of a sudden you're saying that's a, cr- a cracking call from Zach Taylor there. He trusted his kicker. That's aggressive in his own right, saying, you know, we're going to line yes. up and kick a 57 and he, yarder. And he, and he hadn't trusted McPherson a couple of times. They, 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 you know, they broke into Green Bay territory a couple yeah. of times, but they had to punt, I think, yeah. twice from inside Green Bay territory. Uh, and they didn't trust McPherson from sort of 55-plus to 60 yards twice in that game. I don't know if that came down to what end... I can be completely wrong on this. I haven't looked at it. But I don't know if it came down to which end of the field it was in terms of the wind. Yes. I don't know if that was a factor if, like, you know, the times that they punted, were they punting into the wind or kicking into the wind versus when they were going for the wind, they had the wind behind them, therefore they felt more confident in it. And again, that could be absolute bollocks that I'm speaking, but that possibly was a narrative because I saw quite a few tweets from people that were at the game that said it was swirling in the stadium. Yes. Uh, the second key player that people are zeroing in on is in overtime. Fourth and yeah. one at the Green Bay 32. Yes. What are you going to do there? I mean... I think they made the right move kicking that field goal 100%. Right, I think okay. 100%. I, I, you've got a kicker that we know can kick from, uh, well, you know, far further than that. His first one from 57 yards, it's the post. He's kicked two game winners before. You draft him in the fifth round. You say, come on, son, let's let's have this now. And again, I mean, he missed. He thought he kicked it, the geezer. Do you know what I mean? He, yeah, he thought yeah, they were yeah. him, him, Huber, and everyone were jumping around like they'd, you know, they'd won the game. And I mean, uh, they, you've got to back that. If they'd gone for that on fourth and one, especially with Mixon not being 100% right, are you giving P. Ryan that? The Packers are going to be all up at the line of scrimmage. They know what's coming. It's going to be either a QB sneak earlier in the game, which didn't work. Um, or are you going to, you know, give it to your backup running back to try and get a yard? I mean, if they're giving it to P. Ryan, he doesn't get it. You're saying, what are you doing? You know, the percentage yeah. of an NFL kicker hitting a 49-yard field goal is probably at least 80%, if not mm-hmm. higher. And you think you've got an opportunity there to win the game at 80%. Why are you risking it to get, what, a yard? And then you get a first down, what, it's a 48-yard field goal if you don't make any further progress. And obviously at that point, the Packers aren't going to give you anything. They're going to say, look, you know, we're going to put eight men, nine men in the box. If you want to get anywhere, you're going to have to throw it, which is going to be risky. So I think that was 100% the right call. I mean, I thought it was disappointing we didn't get a better spot on that run. It looked like we had a first down. I agree with that. That Um, looked like a very debatable spot. Um, Breaking news. Um... Jackson Carmen and Samaje P. Ryan uh, are on the COVID list, and Zach Taylor is giving a press conference at the moment. Uh, we're recording this as ever on Monday evening in the UK. He said that uh, if Carmen and P. Ryan test negative twice, they can rejoin the team. Um, and of course, um, I forgot to mention earlier with all the kind of talk about burning testicles on, on uh, bedside lamps and things like that, um, Joe Boy is out of hospital. He was discharged, I mean, fairly swiftly, I think. Everything is is good to go. Um, pressure yesterday. Green Bay was starting to get some serious pressure and some serious heat on uh, Joe Boy yesterday. Um, seems that the offensive line... To, I mean, people forget Green Bay are also a top 10 defence. Do you know what I mean? So they're a good team all round. I don't think their defence gets the credit they deserve because of how the offence and Aaron Rodgers plays. But um, Carmen looked a bit dodgy yesterday. Uh, again, it was the interior more than anything. Hopkins as well. Prince was... Uh, sorry, Prince... Now, talking of Isaiah Prince, there was one fantastic moment in the game yesterday when I think it was on the, um, the first interception Joe Boy threw... And Isaiah Prince was lined up, Hugh Jackson style, as a wide receiver on the far side, or at least you know in the slot. Obviously, you can't. He probably couldn't run that far to, to the other side of the field. Uh, and then he sort of motioned back into the line, and I thought, God, that is pure Hugh Jackson. We haven't seen that since the days of Whitworth lining up uh, in the kind of slot and out wide. That was that was mental. 
Yeah, you'd love to see a bit of creativity, didn't you? Zach Taylor's had a few knocks for that, but fair play. You know, I'm not sure what we got out of it, but certainly threatening it for future use. Uh, Joe Boy was, re- was released from hospital last night, and his testicles are fine, apparently. So um, that's good. Um, I mean, there's, there was a lot to like, and, you know, lots of praise and lots of kind of, yeah, the Bengals are like, oh, you know, they're pretty good. Devontae Adams came out and said nice things about us and all the, you know, pundits and whatnot. Um, but the fact of the matter is we lost a game we should have won. And I'm I'm not quite sure whether I'm into this kind of oh plucky old Bengals you know oh, they always lose but you know whatever this one was slightly more heroic than the last time but yeah I mean they should be given credit for for giving Green Bay a game but I want the mentality to be that we're winners we're stone cold winners and there's yeah. there's yeah. still some there's still some way to go I think I didn't think Joe Boy had a fantastic game last night again I think he embodied that inconsistency that you were talking about earlier yeah yeah I think it's disappointing because we we really had the chance to win that game and I was saying about the kick from 49 yards you probably say it goes through 80% of the time you you, you had it you know that's it you I mean I just think to go four and one against a team like the Packers. I mean, I think even like you said, we lost the game, but a lot of people around the league are sort of like, like you said, wow, the Bengals, you know, they're playing quite well. And um, certainly some respect is being given. Um, and I think future teams will certainly note that going forward. But you go 4-1 and one and you beat the Packers at home and you win a game that... And you said you thought we should have won the game. I I don't think we did. I thought we did very well. I thought that drive. Yeah, and we yeah. hung in there. We were I, at times. I think we were kind of clinging on for dear life in that game. Yeah, uh, I mean but, the Packers threw that game away. They gave away eight points on that drive. They mm. then missed a chip shot field goal. They missed an extra point earlier in the game. They but we should have. But yards. we should have won it. We, you know, Evan should have knocked those. Yeah, yeah, we had we had know. the opportunities. I mean, I think when you get like exactly like you said, when you get given an opportunity like that, two field goals, one from fifty-seven, one from forty-nine, you got to make them. You know, that's the percentages of one of them going through is very, very, very high, and. As much as we've really sort of talked up Evan McPherson, he has been fantastic so far. He missed one last week, two this week for the uh, for a game that would have been one of the biggest wins um, for this team in far what four or five years at least. Mm. It would have been a huge win. I mean that. Full credit to the fans that were there yesterday. I mean, it was a loud stadium yesterday. It was really exciting to watch that on the TV and just feel the sort of the raucous atmosphere. And whenever when Mason Crosby was missing those kicks, you could see fans jumping around and going crazy. So I think full credit there. And that's really exciting to see. But the momentum if we'd won a game like that, for someone like Zach Taylor as well to eke out, not just like a sort of last second win against someone like the Jags that you should really be pounding at home on Thursday night football. That's not really one to necessarily um, bark on about. But I think if you could have beaten the Packers in a game that they'd thrown away and you'd finished them off with a minute bit clinical, core blimey, that, you know, to go four, four and one and um, have the joint second best record in the league would be a hell of a, an achievement for them. And I think going into play two out of your next three against Detroit and the Jets, things would have been looking very, very rosy indeed so it's a shame i think that we didn't capitalize on that but it was always going to be a very tough game and one we weren't favored to win exactly so are we a good team do you think i think i don't i don't think we're too far away we've got some issues to sort out i think but with burrow at at under center chase higgins at higgins and boyd out wide that defense trey hendrickson now has four and a half sacks after five games and uh, Carl Lawson had 5.5 for the season last year. So, yeah. you know, things have improved a great deal, both uh, the ba- in the back end, in the secondary, and the pass rush. But, you know, when Ogun Joby went out yesterday, you noticed there was a real drop-off in, in interior pressure, I think, um, and they were finding it difficult to get pressure on uh, on Rodgers. Um but yeah, I don't think we're too far away, you know. I think I think we are sort of a top fifteen team, top twelve even, shall I yeah, say? Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I think you want to be aiming for nine wins for this team. I think that would be a really good achievement to go above five hundred. You probably get in the playoffs at nine and eight. I mean, there's a few bad teams in the <laughs> AFC. You 
obviously got Jacksonville are not playing well. The Jets are not playing well. They're not going to be there at the end of the season. Um, I think the Steelers, the Steelers got a win yesterday, and they're always they'll always be a well coached, gritty team. But they've just lost uh, Juju Smith-Schuster for the season um, with a shoulder injury, which is a big loss for them. So I, you've got to think. That Did he be, burn his bollocks on a light bulb? He didn't, some, but okay. he, you could certainly. I certainly think you'd quite a few Bengals fans would enjoy it if he had. Um, but there's, I think there's a few teams in the a, the AFC that are going to struggle. I think we've got to be putting our hat in the ring for that. I certainly think from a talent perspective, we should be. I mean, the, the, that receiving core is, as, I think, as good as any in the league. The defence has played very well. The true test for us as to whether we are a playoff team or not, I think is going to be how we play when people get hurt because we've been really fortunate. I mean, we went into that game against the Packers and we were barely missing anyone. And all of a sudden there was a few injuries yesterday. Um, Cheeto with a concussion, obviously Jordan Evans out for the season. Now a couple of other, like obviously Mixon's got a bit of a, bit of a gammy ankle at the moment. He's going to have to fight through that. Um, so there are a few things just to monitor. I'm not being funny. Joe Boy is going to be as sore as sore as anything this morning after what he went through yesterday. So we've sore got as a pair of bollocks burnt on a light bulb. Well, he probably has. I'm sure. Yeah, he probably yeah. is. But um, that's going to be the, the sort of question for us. I think how how does Eli Apple look if he has to play more? How does um, you know a couple of other other guys? If Alden Tate has to step in if any receivers get hurt, can Samar JP Ryan? keep up the sort of standard in the running game for the next couple of games if Mixon's not 100%. That's going to define how far we go, I think, because there are going to be injuries and um, we've got to, we're going to have to deal with them. And that's going to sort of um, obviously determine where we end up. The key thing, can we keep Joe Boy healthy? You know, he's been rucked around a bit. He's looked a little bit gimpy at times. But if we can keep him healthy until the end of the season, I, th- I really think there's a strong chance that we can get to nine wins. But... Um, I think it was more encouraging yesterday than it could have been otherwise. We could have lost by 15, 20 points. And at one point, as you were mentioned in that second quarter, I started to fear for us a little bit. It looked like it could just get a bit out of hand. And, you know, all of a sudden, if the Packers started piling on, it could have got quite ugly. And we did credit to us with that chunk play to to stay in there. The defence held us, held on as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic game. The Lions is going to be a really interesting one for us because I know they're they're winless, they're 0-5, but they've been very unlucky um, losing to two field goals themselves, both from 50-plus, uh, one from 60-plus. And I think they're going to be a tougher test than people think. We're on the road and it'll be a very exciting game. I'm excited to watch it with uh, all the fans down at the Brew House. Right, that feels like a good time to uh, go to our parish notice board well as Nathan said he will be down at the brew house and kitchen in North London on Sunday October the 17th joined by myself and a bunch of hardy souls and Bengals fans watching the uh, the game against the Lions live and direct on a big screen and also commemorating and celebrating actually the five-year anniversary of the Bengals first coming over to play in London. And, of course, there was a London game this weekend too. Um, It starts at five o'clock. It's in the room above the pub called the Tap Room. It's fantastic space. Uh, We'll be there from five. So do come and join us if you're in the area. We do encourage you to not come along if you have COVID symptoms. Uh, And we would also encourage you perhaps to take a lateral flow test beforehand just to make sure that you're good to go um i did pop down to the pub yesterday to check if everything was all right and it is all right there's a bit of a situation with the food unlike last time we're not allowed to bring food up from the pub uh into the tap room unfortunately and we're not allowed to bring any food in from outside either because of the whole covid situation so uh, if you did want to go and order some food, you would have to go and eat it downstairs. Not ideal, and I would urge you not to just go and order lots of stuff uh, all at the same time, or else the kitchen will be overwhelmed, and we don't want that. Um, so I've read I w- that before, haven't we? Yeah, well, yeah, anyway, <laughs> glossing over that, yeah. <laughs> um, I would urge you to eat heartily beforehand, or if you're willing just to go down uh, and miss sort of 10, 15 minutes of the games while you eat your burger and chips, 
Uh, order your food as soon as you get into the pub. Uh, that will give the kitchen staff a bit of, uh, you know, space things out a little bit. Uh, but all being well, we will see you there on Sunday. And then um, we will also um, have some news next week, straight afterwards, of another thing that we're doing later on in the year. So do come along Sunday, 17th of October, uh, 5pm at the Brew House and Kitchen in North London. We'll be, uh, you know... Advertising it on our social media feeds at Hooday underscore UK on Twitter and Bengals UK on Facebook. So do come and say hello. Right, shall we get to some correspondence, Nathan? Let's do it, Moss Sam. Andrew Dockerell at Dockers77, a game that was not very good for the heart. Shame not to win. Mostly frustrating that we allowed Devontae Adams 200 plus yards. Think we should have done more to double, triple on him and let others beat you. But exciting progress on D continues. And that's a good point. Someone I think a Packers fan chirped up on Twitter last last night saying, why are you guys not doubling Devontae Adams? And they were sort of bracketing Jesse a little bit in the second half with uh, him and Cheeto when Cheeto was back on the field. But you know what? You saw that big 50-odd yard bomb from Rodgers. That split the two of them down the middle. I mean, Jesse got beat badly on that play. And... Uh, so I think it's just a case, you know, with Rodgers and Adams, they're just too good. You just can't, you can limit them. You can't stop them, though. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I mean, you saw the speed of Devontae Adams as well. He, I remember at one point he just kept running and Jesse Bates turned and was like, I'm going to try and keep up with him here. And he really wasn't far behind. But when you've got speed like that and you've got the, the accuracy and the deep ball of Aaron Rodgers, it, it's always going to be difficult. Um, slam Dunk at Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Plenty to be excited about, but it just shows the fine margins can be critical. Dropped catches, penalty for holding, and a foot either way on the field goals. We wanted a team that compete, and they can. Adams praising us post-game, saying this is a different Bengals than others, other teams um, before speaks volumes. Agreed. Tom McDowell at Wagat Dub DD. I'm not too disheartened. Last year's team would have been battered in this game. Most people wanted to see improvement this season, and so far we've had that. We aren't far off where we need to be. Uh, VB at Von Blade. Solid handle. He disagrees. We need an OC in the worst way. You've got one of the best QBs, three amazing wide receivers. Why are you running? The only big play was the broken 70-yard one. Nothing good that happened yesterday was down to Zach. A QB draw against an aggressive front on fourth and two. Come on, son. Oh, I don't, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure if I, I'd go that strongly, uh, Mr. Blade. But um, I know that you're, you hold very strong views about uh, Zach Taylor. Killian O'Malloy... Um, at Malloy double zero would like to offer absolutely no apologies to the other people in a bar in London where I watched the Bengals last night. I was the only Bengals fan in the bar and I genuinely think that everyone felt sorry for me when Crosby hit the winner. Oh well, on to the next week. Don't worry, Killian, if you come down next week you'll be in amongst friends. Um Peter Dazzle. We saw it. We saw it at the old brew house last time. A field goal, <laughs> didn't we? From Randy Bullock to win the old game against. Well, we we shouldn't have never needed it. We were well ahead against the Bucks, and we sort of blew it. But I remember we got a last second field goal to win that game. So it's like we get another repeat of that against the Lions on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. Peter Dazzle at Dadders missed opportunities, questionable, negative play calls down the stretch. Possibly, we were within a couple of inches of winning that game. But a couple of inches makes all the difference. Wink emoji. Hello, Pete. Uh, <laughs> nothing, nonetheless, meshes sent to the NFL. We are legit. Odat at DZE. We have a great quarterback in Burrow who's willing to tough it out and has the talent and moxie to win the big games. He's also got the on and off field leadership traits of players like Manning, Brady, Breeze and Montana. But do we have Dungy, Pelichek, Peyton or Walsh on the sidelines? I mean, I don't think many teams do, uh, Danny, if you're using those sort of names. I know what you're trying to get at, but um, this debate's going to rage, isn't it? Um, I'm going to say something outrageous to you, son. Go on, then. 
<laughs> Joe Boy is obviously a very good quarterback. He's, um, I don't think we've all seen that. I think sometimes the comparisons to the greats of the game that have been thrown around are a bit premature. I mean, he's, he's still not played 16 games yet. He's been good. His stats are strong. His passer rating's been pretty good. He's won a couple of games, not a ton of games. I just think with him, he's made some, there have been some pretty bad interceptions this year. Are we getting a bit carried away? I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. Um, he's certainly a top half quarterback. He's probably a top 10 quarterback without doubt. But are we just, do you think there's a slight, because of his heroics in the college game and he won everything and he was, you know, he won all the awards and they won the national t- uh, championship. Do you think that so- sometimes the comparisons and the, the, the praise and the, the lack of criticism when he does play badly is a bit over-exaggerated at times? Yes, I do. Um, I think he's great and I love him. I think he's exactly what the team needs, exactly what yeah. the fan base needs. Yeah. But you're right, sometimes... He will have bad games. Sometimes he will throw interceptions. Sometimes, you know, we've seen his arm strength still not quite, you know, in Justin Herbert range at the moment. Yeah. Um, I did see a tweet last night saying that he's a not... What did he say? He said he's basically just a little bit better than Dalton. (laughs) And I think Joe Goodbury blocked him for that uh, sacrilegious statement. But I, I think, you know, I was... I didn't read the whole tweet there, but um, I can kind of, you know, they've both got <laughs> similar arm strength. Do you know what I mean? And Yeah, um, yeah. But I think where Joe Boy, Joe Boy's processing speed is off the charts, and, and Don was pretty good, but, you know, um, so it will be interesting to see how he develops. Um, I think He has it, got an all-star cast as well, Joe Boy, at the moment. I mean, Jamar Chase has been absolutely incredible. Tyler Boyd is just one of the best in the league, what he does in the slot. And T Higgins, a cracking receiver. I mean, I don't think Dalton had some good receivers. I mean, we're not trying to make comparisons now, but Dalton had some good receivers in his time. Obviously, AJ Green, Marvin Jones and Sanu were probably his best set of three. But I'd argue that the set we've got now probably slightly better than that. Um, So, I mean, he has got that talent. His line's better. He's got Joe Mixon. It's um, not as good as it's. I mean, that line is nowhere near as good as Dalton's in 2015. No, you know, nowhere that's, that's, near. I think as, that's, no, yeah. I can. That, I think that's the key, the key differentiator with that. Yeah, Whitworth and Zeitler. Yeah, and, yeah. and, 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 I, really and I do think his his kind of his grit, determination, but his little bit of swagger as well. That's what fans love, don't they? That confidence, that swagger. He's certainly a better leader, and I think he's a better motivator. Well, you, you know, he's, he's he's certainly a more vocal leader. Put it that way. Yes. You know, and yeah. people really tend. Whereas Dalton was very quiet and nice guy, yeah. and all the rest of it. Um, I don't know. I can see where this guy's getting at, but he's wrong, obviously. Uh, Michael Fisher at Cosmic Sausage seventy seven. Got it to lose, but when considering how far we have progressed, that's a huge bonus. Over the previous few seasons, and especially pre-Burrow, that would have been a blowout loss. We have definitely moved out of the bottom pack and are now able to contend. Over the past few seasons, they would be. But again, I think that's no offence to Michael, though. I understand what he's saying. But again, this it wasn't too long ago when Dalton was winning those sort of games. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not again. I'm not saying Dalton is is better than Burrow or whatever. But what I am saying is, you know, like you just said, let's let's be reasonable and objective about this. Joe Boy's got some way to to get to where he and we want him to be. You know, so um, I mean, Dalton had this team at like eight or nine and zero, didn't he? A couple of years back, and there was yeah. that thrilling game in Seattle. There were some close games that we edged out. We beat the Ravens in a close game, the Steelers in a close game, all when they were very, very good teams. So completely agree. I think you can't, wouldn't, wouldn't you? Know, we're not again trying to make this comparison, but Andy Dalton won some fantastic games against very good teams back in his day, and the Bengals were a very successful team for four or five years. So Joe Boy, um, again, I mean, he's, I think Joe Boy is going to be a lot better than Andy Dalton, and I think he's playing at um, a very, very good standard at the moment. But I think the point we're making is, look, you know, he some poor throws yesterday. There have been a couple of poor throws this season. I think we just want to temper the Joe Montana comparisons yeah, and yeah, yeah, some, yeah. Of, some of the crazy stuff that's been thrown around in the media for a guy that's not even played um, 16 full games yet. And, of course, uh, you know, Joe Boy hasn't won anything at all. Montana won no. everything under the, under the sun, basically. Um, yeah. Matthew, our Matt... 
plenty of positives. Offence just needs to find that upper gear. Still not scoring enough points. Had plenty of chances to put GB away. Need to take them. Two out of the next three are very winnable games. Zach needs to unleash an air raid on them. Uh, Simon Powell at SI Powell. I think I largely agree with what others have said. Offensive play calling needs to improve. Um, the kicks were what they were, but we have the players to go for it on fourth and short to help Evan out. That's just my opinion, though. Sean at Disciple of Ange. Um, happy enough. We played well against a good team. Loved the Spurs ground. Uh, obviously, Sean was at the Falcons-Jets game yesterday. Didn't go to my seat the whole. Didn't go to my seat the whole game, as you could see the pitch from up by the refreshments. Uh, my only la- my only problem was lack of good beer. Oof, dearie me. Donny at Ippy Don. Um, reasons to be cheerful. One, two, three. One. Burrow and Chase connecting again. Two, a full PBS, albeit with some help from Green Bay fans. Three, a performance that proves we can be competitive with the higher uppers. Some things could have been different yesterday, but with Defo, a team on the up. Here, here. Um, Phil Hatton at Bengal Blue Boy. Solid handle. Can't blame Zach for that. His job is to put us in place to win. Most of us would have bet on Evan to nail one of those field goals. Don't forget, Burrow had two bad interceptions on the day, two, uh, and T had two drops. Would have been outcry if he hadn't used McPherson and we lost. Players have got to execute. Yeah, I agree with that. Agree. Bang on as well. I think that's bang on. <clears throat> I think you give McPherson two chances and he should. the percentages of him hitting those are huge. If you go for it on fourth and one, like I said, and you don't get it, or fourth and third and five, and there's a fumble or interception or something else. I think people will be, well, certainly I would be furious about it. So I think it's easy to second guess those situations. And that's a, a very, very harsh young lesson for Evan McPherson. He's played five NFL games. He's been in a position in three of them where he's had to kick a game winning field goal. He's hit two, he's missed one. The one of them being in a at home, raucous atmosphere, one of the biggest crowds in Paul Brown Stadium for a while, certainly one of the liveliest. And he's had not one but two opportunities, a bit of wind swirling about for the geezer. It's a hard lesson, you know. People are going to be gutted after that loss. He's going to be feeling that today and he's going to have to come back from it. So certainly a very interesting lesson for him to learn in his rookie season. Moz at Moza 92 We are just inconsistent as a team on the pitch and sideline. That's the difference between us and Green Bay. Our magical moments are ridiculous, but I think our offence should be doing better. We are still rather reserved in play calls. And with our weapons, it's disappointing. Dreams of Witness at D. Witness. Hello, Jimmy. That was quite the game. So many things to take from it. Nobody deserved to lose or win, but again, the play calling has come into ple- into question. Green Bay had chances, and the D really kept us in it, but without a marked improvement on O this year, will disappoint. Yeah, he's right. I mean, we did make some crucial stops in the red zone, um, and as you say, Nathan, earlier, you know, we could have been really, really behind the eight ball there, but the defence kind of bent and... Do, not- do you know where the defence played their best hand for me was that I was after Joe boy's awful interception, the second one, and they got the ball, the Packers and they really didn't need to do much. They just needed to run out the gut a couple of times, line it up for Crosby. And he had a 30, you know, 35 yarder or something like basically a glorified extra point. And they ran it the first time and lost about two or three yards and then ran it again and got nothing. And all of a sudden they were like, shit, we're not going anywhere here. And then they had to run Crosby on for a field goal. That was about three or four yards further out. And I think it just set the tone a bit. It was just a bit like, you're not going anywhere. The defence was like really getting up into it. At one point, they thought there might have been a fumble and the, you know the Bengals were saying they had it and they didn't. And it just, I think, unsettled the Packers a bit and just shifted the momentum ever so slightly back, maybe got in Crosby's head slightly. But I thought they played really well then because they could have easily let the Packers you know, squeeze out three or four yards with AJ Dillon or Aaron Jones mm. and then another couple and then lined it up. And, you know, it would have been, everyone would have been talking about the pick from Joe Boy and we wouldn't have had another chance. But the fact that we even got the ball back at all there, obviously Crosby being a big part of that, but I thought that was a really impressive stop. And just one thing, I've got to give some credit to Lou um, for the defence. 
they not only are they playing well, they look so so motivated. They just look like they're flying around the pitch. They look like they're all congratulating each other. They're fired up. There's just a certain energy about them that I don't think I've seen in the last couple of years. And fair play for him and Zach Taylor for building a bit of chemistry there because it's something that certainly I don't think I've seen for a while. And um, certainly he's translating to some positive performances. Agreed. We've got some uh, past. Uh, pass blocking grades um, from PFF true pass block grades and ranks for the Bengals offensive line this season and Zach by the way says if uh, Jackson Carmen can't go Deontay Smith is the next man up so I look forward to seeing Deontay he had a great preseason didn't he but now the now the real business starts for him if he does indeed get the call. Uh, Jonah Williams, 72.3. He's 13th out of 64. Uh, left guard, Quinton Spain, 66.7. He's 15th of 65. Trey Hopkins, oh, 29.0. He's 31st out of 33. Goodness me. He's struggled this year, Trey, isn't he, in the PFF ratings. Mm. And to the eye as well, a little bit, I have to say. Um, yeah. Right guard, Jackson Carmen, 54.0. He's 29th out of 65. Um, uh, Riley best Re- grade, isn't it, for Carmen? Yeah, Riley Ree, 53.0. He's 40th of six, out of 64 uh, right tackles there. Um, Bengals rank, though, overall, this is more encouraging. 13th out of 32. Which is kind of where he wanted them to be this year, right? Is that for the season or for the week? No, for the season. These are these are through five games. All those grades are through five games. Right, OK. OK. Yeah, I mean, you probably would take that, wouldn't you? It's not It's not by any means going to blow anyone away. But after the, the shocking performances we've seen in the last two years, just been a constant thorn in our side, you'd certainly take that sort of middle-of-the-pack rating. It's good that Jackson Carmen had his best game. I mean, still not, he's not playing at the standard you'd want, but certainly good to see a bit of improvement. I'm hoping he can um, get over the COVID, uh, COVID virus by the time that we take to the field for the next game. So you just want to keep the momentum up for him, get him some experience in there. It'd be great to have Dante Smith in there at some point, but for Carmen's sake, it's just good to build up there some reps and snaps, and I hope he can sort of continue there. But yeah, and you've got to you've got to give some credit to um, to the line there, to just making some steps forward. You know, there's been a lot of certainly after the first game, I think people were sort of ready to get the torches out again. But it's so far Frank Pollock's done a good job in moving that moving us into the sort of middle of the pack um, as opposed to being sort of fairly close to worst. Yes, absolutely. Um, right, that's about your lot, really. We're going to go off and. Do some stretches for Sunday. Remember, uh, it's not as if I mention this every five minutes, but um, we will be at the Brew House and Kitchen in North London, Islington, North London, leafy, posh Islington, North London, uh, to watch the Detroit Lions play the Cincinnati Bengals uh, on a big screen in the tap room room above that pub. Five o'clock kickoff. It's free to get in. Do please consider eating heartily before you come, uh, if you can, uh, because you're not going to be able to bring food up into the tap room. Anyway, um, Detroit this week, obviously, as I say, as Nathan said earlier, I think it's going to be a bit tricky. It might be another city of pants job. Who knows? But uh, let's hope they can get to four and two. Uh, Nathan, I want to thoughts on that game, Sangle. Give me a bit of a rundown, quick rundown from each of us for thirty seconds. I think we can win the game. I think we might be just about favourite for the game. But like you, you know, the Lions have lost the last two games uh, by a long field goal, so they have been quite unlucky. And they have been in games. They show a lot of spirit. And as Dave Lapham said, that Dan Campbell guy on the sidelines is an absolute psycho. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that did make me laugh when I was listening to the Bengals Booth podcast this morning. Good old lap. Um, so I think I think they're gonna they're gonna give us a big physical game. You know uh, they've got you know Goff's okay. I like Quinton Cephas. I like their running back. Is it Jim? Is it, who is it? It's Andre Swift. Yeah, I quite like him. Um, you know they, it'd be interesting to see Panay Saul. Obviously, that I think that might be the biggest story coming into this game for Bengals fans. Perhaps I don't know. 
Uh, and I saw with a 70-yard touchdown pass, like blazing past Jesse Bates. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> he lines up as an eligible receiver and he catches the ball in the slot and he just rumbles through the whole team. That would be something. And then punches Jamar Chase in the face. That could have been mine, he would have said. Um, no. Um, I think I think we'll win. Sorry, I'll say we'll win. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's another nail-biter. I think... It's a real, oh, I think we might struggle in this game. I think it's one we probably should win. It's a road game. Historically, you know, I know we got that win against the Steelers on the road. We've not been great on the road. And I think the Lions will be so hungry to get that first win and they might fancy it. It'll also depend on how some of those injuries have shaken out, what it looks like for Trey Waynes. Um, I think Joe Burrow will be fine for everything I've been reading, but obviously he might be a little bit, a bit shaken up, but uh, it's one that if we could win, I mean, you're playing an 0-5 team. If you can beat them and you get yourselves up to 4-2, and two, you're going to be feeling quite warm and have a nice fuzzy feeling there at six games into the season. But I do think it'll be a very, very tough game. I think the bookies have opened us up at three and a half point favourites, um, which is interesting, um, especially considering we're, not, uh, we're on the road. But I think it's going to be a tough game. I don't think either team um, is going to run away with it. I think we're going to be in for a good one. Yeah, I really agree with you. Just imagine though, four and two going into the Baltimore game. That is a massive game. The Baltimore game is a massive game. But anyway, we'll talk about that next week. So there we go. Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully we'll see you down at the brew house and kitchen on uh Sunday. Um if not you can you will be able to see lots of pictures and Little bits of video on our social feeds and, uh, you know, come to the next one if you fancy it. Um, but until that time, it's a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys. <laughs>